Hello, late night listeners. Uh, this is Brian, and I wanted to let you know that we have a Patreon. It's a really fun thing. It's a great way to support the show, and it gets you access to all kinds of exclusive stuff. We have exclusive mini episodes. We have videos of me, for example, writing music for various things of the show. Leighton's doing all sorts of stuff, and it's just a really fun community. You also get access to our Discord if you sign up for our $5 a month tier or up. So uh, if you like the show and you like what you hear, please check us out over on Patreon. It's really a great way to to support us. Thanks so much. And enjoy Late Night with Brian Wecht. It's my Don Pardo impression. Did I ever tell you, this never went anywhere, but I had an old idea for NSP where I wanted Danny and I to do like great moments in comedy duos where we did like who's on first, except I did all the like, like the Costello parts or whatever silent. So it would be half <laughs> of who's on first, you know, these baseball players today have a lot of funny names. What? I don't know. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought that would be very funny. And then I realized there's only one like comedy duo I can think of where it really worked. Yeah, my God. Yeah, with a silent partner. That's the peak of comedy. I know. I thought it could be like fun and surreal. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good, very, very, very old bit? Yeah. Fascinating start here. Uh, it, Brian, are you into like 90s trip hop at all? I don't know much about it. No, not really. Really? Not like Portishead, Tricky, that kind of stuff? Oh, you know, I do like Portishead quite a lot, actually. My most serious relationship before Rachel, that girl introduced me to Portishead. I mean, this, this is like in college. This is like 96. Uh, yeah. And it's so like I, the peak of it. Yeah. What was the album Play? No, that's Moby. Uh, Dummy? Dummy. Yeah, that's it. Dummy's like a perfect album. Yeah, it's a great album. I asked because I found... Um, I found a really good, what is it? It's like a Dan the Automator track with Cat Power. Oh, not wow. That's an awesome combo. Oh my God. It's so fucking good. Wait, wait, wait for it. It's called I've Been Thinking. That's the name of the track. Yeah. Gotcha. It's great. Since Q started, it's just been a lot of me listening to the same five songs over and over. And now <laughs> I know I've ruined those songs forever because I will hear them and think like, I haven't seen a human in months. Yeah. You've been into that stuff for a while or that's just a recent thing? Oh, I've always been into trip hop, but I'm just trying to like listen to more of it rather than just listen to dummy over and over. Uh, you can only listen to Glory Box so many times and then only listen to the tricky track there that samples Glory Box so many times. I cannot believe so that album came out before you were born. Oh shit. Right? Yeah. Must have. But it had to have been, right? I was ninety seven. Oh, nineteen ninety four. Ninety four, okay, yeah. That that totally tracks. Anyway, anyone listening who hasn't listened to Porty's Head, I urge you get into it. Also, Tricky, uh, Max and Quay is a really, really good album. What qualifies as trip-hop? Like, exactly. It's like the the dreamy sort of hip-hop. I would say that, like, an evolution of it now would be considered, like, dream bedroom pop. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like it was a precursor to a lot of that, but it's just sort of like that. I would describe it as, like, very slow and dreamy and, like, sexy, question mark. Yeah, well, Portishead is definitely sexy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's the lead vocalist name? She, she's just I can't great. remember her name. No, I don't know any of their names. Okay, whatever. But she's wonderful. And now I need to listen to more Cat Power because I haven't listened to her in fucking forever. She rules. She's really great. Oh, the best. Also, best name. Absolute best name. 
Yes, for sure. That and Cherry Glazer. Cherry Glazer is very good. Not Trip Hop, but... That name I don't know. Oh, yeah. She's like a, a kind of new punky lady. Would you call play, like Moby play, Trip Hop? Probably, right? I don't know. I don't I haven't really listen to much Moby. I mean, he, he had this very interesting thing, right, where he basically sold every track on that album for commercial use. It, it was kind of right at that inflection point between fuck you, sell out, and get that money. <laughs> You know, yeah. and he was one of the first people to like, I, I think, really herald that get that money era. And mm. it's I, I have not listened to that album in probably 20 years. I remember really liking it at the time. Cannot tell you how well it stands up. Actually, the thing I really remember is I went to Lollapalooza in like 95, maybe 94. Can't remember. And he was on the second stage, but he was still in his hardcore phase. <laughs> and I just, I, I remember seeing him, like it was just him on stage, like being the shit out of like some drums, just like screaming with a mic. And then when play came out later, I was like, wait, that, that's fucking Moby, that the hardcore guy from Lollapalooza. And yeah, it was the same guy. He just kind of did a pivot in terms of what kind of music he was making. Yeah. Now he has a huge tattoo on his neck that says vegan for life and full arm tattoos that say animal rights. Oh, and he had that fucked up thing with Natalie Portman too, right? What now? Oh, God. Oh, there's something awful with him where he claimed he was dating Natalie Portman or something like oh this. Oh my God, yeah, I remember this. Right? What the and she was like in college at the time or something? Yeah, she was She was 18 when they met. What? Why, is it, why does everyone have to be a fucking creep? I, I mean, know. not that I really care about Moby being a creep. That's not surprising information to me, but God... Uh, I tire of this mortal coil. <laughs> I don't, it's like, it's not that hard to not be creepy, I would think. I mean. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's pretty easy. Just be a decent per Anyway, fuck, it's too current. Yeah. Uh, I just, every day I see tweets. <laughs> I'm saying that in the cadence, anybody listening to this, of the Adam Driver punching the wall. Wait, what happened with Adam Driver? No, it's 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 the marriage story. Hold on, let me pull up this. This is fascinating podcast content. Uh, Adam Driver punching wall meme. My favorite type of meme is one where it's been edited so many times that it's just like so far away from from the original text. <laughs> I can't. I literally can't even find the original one now. That's the best. But there's a really good edit of it where like the first image. Hold on, I'm dropping this in the chat. Where the first image is, it just says, "Every day I get emails," and then it's him punching the wall. <laughs> and so every day I'm like, I think of that with the first image saying, "Every day I see tweets." <laughs> okay adam driver thumbs up or thumbs down let's go hotness first mm, pass yeah right i don't see it i don't see it neither do i and for me to not see it of all the ugly men fuckers like <laughs> that's my opinion too and yet clearly a lot of people disagree and i would say yeah he's not even movement hot he's just not hot i'm trying to think of the stuff that i've seen him in and all of it's decidedly unsexy so yeah, that's a pass. And then talent, like, yeah, sure. Yeah, he's pretty good. He doesn't really stand out to me. Like, he isn't a huge draw for me. No, he's one of those guys I feel like people talk about all the time, like, oh my God, he's amazing. And then I feel like I'm missing something when I don't see it. All the ladies are into Kylo Ren, which, again, don't get, but totally understand that, like, ooh, a bad boy, a, a bad mur yeah. murder boy, I guess, question mark. <laughs> Kylo Ren is is quite far from, like, 
a sexy bad boy, isn't he? <laughs> I listen, th- human sexuality is so strange. We all have our thing. But yes, yeah, I, I'm not sure I understand. I think I've only seen one of the new Star Wars movie, maybe two. I don't, I don't I just have zero. We've talked about this before. I have zero interest. I feel like if you think like Kylo Ren is like a bad boy, you're into Fifty Shades of Grey. It's just such a bad take. <laughs> it just feels lame and vanilla. I mean, come on. <laughs> if you want to fuck this murderer with a laser sword, that's vanilla. Yeah, like, come on. All right, well, everybody weigh in. <laughs> Adam Driver, hot or not? <laughs> now, with this podcast has just turned into page seven for ugly dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we have people out there listening who think Adam Driver is hot, and that's fine. Listen, I can't say shit. If anybody's watched my gaming streams where I play Dead by Daylight, every time we get in a match with Ghostface, I'm just like, damn, damn, bro, come at me. <laughs> I mean, Ghostface, of course, you can't see. I mean, you see Ghostface, right? Like, you don't see his actual face, right? You just see the mask. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But that's a totally different, like, you can be like, that's hot. But you have no idea what the person looks like. And that is why it is hot. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. I can see that. (laughs) All right. Anyway. Anyway. So I took a nap before this episode, which I keep doing. And it's always a terrible idea. I go through phases where like for seven months, I take no naps. And then eventually the siren song of sleeping on my couch calls to me (laughs) and it ruins my life. And then it becomes, I cannot go a day without taking a nap and like, you know, wake up, get a little bit of work done, have a coffee. And then I'm like, you know what? It's time to waste an hour of my life and then wake up feeling like I'm not a person anymore. So I'm in that zone and now my brain is just complete mush. It's it's a snow cone melting on a hot sidewalk. Yeah, well, I I, I, I am terrible at recovering from naps. Well, I'm terrible at napping in general. It's devastating. Yeah. Well, I also live in an environment where if I do happen to fall asleep in a public space, which is to say my entire house, uh, I will have someone come over and jump on my face uh, <laughs> very, very quickly. So on those very rare moments, and we're talking like once every several months where I do drift off while reading a book or whatever. Oh, that's the best though. It is the best until you hear, Daddy! Fwomp! <laughs> oh, oh, what, 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 what? Are you sleeping? I, I, I was. Okay, Daddy, go back to sleep. Okay, go back to sleep. I'll be quiet. Okay, bye. Da, 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 da. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you are like this. I don't, you know, I'll fall asleep with like some YouTube on quietly because um, once I'm in bed, I knock out within like five minutes or whatever. Usually, mostly, you know, aided by sleeping pills, which I have to use. Otherwise, I will lie there for four hours wide awake, uh, just ruminating about things that I said five years ago uh, that I regret <laughs> and nobody else remembers but me. Yep. Oh, yeah. But I remember it just like falling asleep to the TV on on something just kind of like inane. It's just a great feeling. I. It's not an all the time thing, but. There's just something very nice about it. Just like people talking in the background. Yeah, for sure. Actually, the last several nights I have fallen asleep while Rachel and I have been watching TV. And then I kind of stumble into the bedroom and pass out. It's been pretty great. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, I love to sleep. I mean, lately I don't love to sleep because I just have nightmares the entire time, including when I nap. Oh, nap nightmares. Oh. Brutal. Nap nightmares, it's crazy. Like, you, you thought regular naps wake you up feeling bad? Ooh. So I fell off the face of the planet and Brian texted me several times and I did not respond. What was I doing? I have no idea. Yesterday was a void to me. <laughs> I woke up and then it was 11 p.m. 
it was one of the like fastest days that I've had in a long time where I just zoned out and I was like, wait, I haven't eaten any. Why is it dark? But uh, I got a text. Do you have any ideas for topics or gimmicks for tomorrow's episode? And then this morning, I just get a bunch of notifications that we have emails in our inbox with subject line haters, all caps, which I was bewildered by. So if you would care to explain yourself here. Yes, I made an executive decision because we knew we were recording just us today. And I was inspired by one of my new favorite podcasts, Double Threat, which I've talked about on the show with Tom Sharpling and Julie Klausner. Listeners send in clips of basically dumb pop culture things that they think the host can riff off of. And Tom and Julie are the best, and they're both geniuses, so it's always funny. And I wanted to try something like that. Okay, so we just spent, I don't know how long we spent doing this bit. 20 minutes, maybe? It's tw- oh God, 20 minutes. 20 minutes of me half-heartedly reacting to things that were just mildly strange in a try-hard way, and it just wasn't a good bit. So what do I hate? It was that bit. Yeah. Nice try, Brian. <laughs> Thanks, I tried something new, and it flamed out, but such is life. You made an attempt. An attempt was made. I think the true winner choice would be if somebody just sent a ripped mp4 of knives out 2019 (laughs) all right so we're moving past this bit this bit is done (laughs) forget it happened forget my face forget my name Uh, i did watch guns akimbo last night have you seen this do you know what it is no i saw an intriguing trailer for it a few months back oh this is the daniel radcliffe one right where he gets guns stuck to his hands yes it's the daniel radcliffe one while not good It was fun. It was a good way to spend an hour and a half. Rachel and I enjoyed a lot of it. Oh, there's a pretty lady in it. Oh, it's Samara Weaving. I really like her. Yes, she was great. Daniel Radcliffe was fantastic. Oh, I'll watch this. It's got some good stuff. It has Reese Darby, who I love. You know, the Murray from Flight of the Concords. Really funny. Oh, really? Yes, he's very, very funny. And so I'll watch anything with that dude. But the real weakness is it has maybe the dumbest bad guy possible. It's one of these like near future dystopia kind of things where there's a company called Schism that basically mm-hmm. like live streams battles to the death. Mm-hmm. And the idea is Daniel Radcliffe pisses them off by just like trolling. They don't really explore this that much, but he like comments a few things on their, you know, chat or whatever. And then they find him and drug him and attach his hands to guns. They're like bolted to his hands. And they're like, you have 24 hours to kill this person. And then they live stream the whole thing. And of course, he becomes like a folk hero. He does a great job. And Samara Weaving, uh, she doesn't have a lot to work with, but uh, there's some Mm -hmm. fun stuff in there. I'd be curious to see what your take is. It's not groundbreaking, but it was an enjoyable way to spend an hour and a half. Yeah, it gives me Hobo with a shotgun vibes. Just, you know, it's the concept of the Edward 40 hands drinking game, but with gun. Yep. Can't help but respect it. Did you ever see Swiss Army Man? I never did, although I was curious. Was it decent? Oh, absolutely delightful. Oh, it was. Okay, cool. It's Paul Dano and uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. It's a very deep, touching movie about a farting corpse. What else could you want? (laughs) I, I wanted to see it. I heard good things. I like both of them. Yeah, I appreciate that, you know, Daniel Radcliffe from... Harry Potter kind of moved past the child star fame into just doing weird shit. I mean, it's yeah. a real like Robert Pattinson move, who I also love. Meanwhile, I respect uh, Tom Felton, who played Draco in those movies, because now he's just like big into amateur or pro fishing. Just the man loves to fish. He's a fisher. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Just people who get out of the industry and just fuck off and disappear, like uh, Rob Botin, who did the special effects for a ton of things, most notably um, John Carpenter's 1982 seminal classic, The Thing. Mm -hmm. Like, he just disappeared off the face of the planet. Nobody knows where he is. I love it. Rick Moranis did that for a little bit, although it was for more, like, I think his, his wife died, and... He was just like, okay, fuck it. I just, I gotta be a dad. I'm not acting anymore. And then I think has done a few things semi-recently, but took like 10, 15, something like that, years off. I don't want to say years off, but like just kind of stepped away to go raise his kid or kids. I don't know how many he has, but. Good for him. Yeah, totally. I, I really, I respect those guys who are like, yep, I made enough money. I'm going to go do something weird. Yeah. Unlike some people who they just make so much money and then they tweet 40 times a day. It's like, man, <laughs> don't you want to eat caviar out of a jar or whatever cartoon rich people do? The tweeting thing is so weird to me. I do not understand these mega celebrities. And you know what? I'll include our stupid president in this who have so many other better things they could be doing. And yet they get on social media and say dumb shit and People care. Like, people pay attention to it. It's so dumb. Like, I don't understand it. Which only feeds the machine. I mean, it's like how everybody complains about, like, ah, oh, why are the Kardashians famous? And it's like, because of you. Because you did this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, for the, sure. The, the social media blood is on your hands. Which is kind of what Guns Akimbo is about. Ah. Right. Uh, love it. I mean, some of those people, you would think they're doing Edward 40 hands, but with two phones glued to their hands. <laughs> Oh, great joke, Layden. I liked it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's a good thing that only you and I listen to this podcast. Robert. Oh, wait. <laughs> can I tell you what the name of that movie would be if it was made 15 years ago? What? Edward Razor Hands. <laughs> I mean, if it was Razors, that would be way cooler. I mean, it would be a very slow movie because trying to text on those is, uh, you know. Especially when your other hand is a razor. <laughs> Right. Remember when you, you had to hit the button three times to get the letter that you wanted? <laughs> That's right. I actually forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. See, if we just took the smartphones away from everyone and it's like, well, if you want to tweet, you got to type it on there. You're probably too young to have ever had a flip phone, right? No, I had a flip phone. I had a flip phone for a long time. How old were you? I was 10, 11, maybe. You had a flip phone when you were 10? Wow. Yeah. Well, my parents were very afraid of me getting murdered um, right. because my mom had Nancy Grace on all the time. So right. that kind of thing. Uh, so I just had my shitty little pink flip phone on me and I would take lots of pictures of just like me goofing around with my friends with underwear on her heads, holding <clears throat> fake lightsabers, you know. Did it have an, an antenna you could pull out? Ah, uh, no, I wish that would have been very cool. I actually, I have it somewhere around here. I'm not sure why I have it, but I do. That's awesome. Yeah. For a project that I'm doing, I bought a bunch of like old slidey flip phones and I bought a hot pink razor because my mom had a razor with a Justin Timberlake song as her ringtone. And I just thought <laughs> razors were the coolest shit in the world. Um, so now I just have a hot pink one around. As with all things, I might preface this by saying, you might be too young to remember this. I remember sometime around the mid 2000s when ringback tones were going to be the next big thing. And then nothing ever happened with these. You know what I'm talking about? No. So they were a thing where if you call someone, like instead of hearing it ring, you hear music or whatever playing. You get like on hold music. Yeah. It was while it was ringing and they were called ringback tones. And for a brief period of time, maybe probably less than a year, it was like the undiscovered country of tech. And then typically... 
no one cared and everyone just moved on. But it was going to be like customizable, you know what I mean? Like like ringtones. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, I remember, you know, going on to the, you know, web search function or looking at ringtones and then you just get a $50 charge on your phone bill because you accessed the internet. Oh, yeah. Um, But let's say that ringback tones became a whole thing. What would be your ringback tone? I would customize it depending on who was calling, of course. Mm. So I would, based on what each person would like to hear least, that's what I would put (laughs) on my ringback tone. And then anybody who you don't want calling you, it's just, you know. Shrieking. There's something along the lines of Lily Allen's Go Fuck Yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, some like throbbing gristle where it's like, hang up the phone, hang up the phone. (laughs) You don't hear the shit, hang up the phone. Yeah, like Diamanda Galas kind of stuff. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I think I would have to talk to people about what they really didn't want to hear and then customize it. Hey, what's your least favorite song? Not asking for any reason in particular. Yeah, just, just for no reason. Tell me a song you hate. Well, actually, Brian, tell me a song you hate. Okay, this is a good question. My threshold for hating is pretty high. I do hate Billy Joel. I hate a lot of Billy Joel songs. Don't we all? <laughs> Every time I say this online, which is frequently, I get so much fucking pushback from Billy Joel superfans. They exist. There are dozens of them. Are you kidding? He like sells out, well, not anymore, but he was doing like, it was like monthly shows selling out Madison Square Garden for a while. Like they'd airlift him in from his home on Long Island and drop him off. He plays huge shows. He's like, he's hugely When you say airlift, I'm imagining him just like in a gurney. Dangling. Dangling. (laughs) Hangling off of a helicopter. What Billy Joel song do I hate the most? Probably for the longest time, which is real bad. Do you know that one? It's like the doo-wop one. Oh, yeah, I do. I thought you were going to go with Uptown Girl, which actually is genuinely used as a torture technique. Yeah, Uptown Girl is really bad. The thing is, the dude has so much talent. Oh, yeah. He's a good piano player. You know, he can write great songs. But to me, like, contrast him with someone who is actually great, like Randy Newman, for example, who is the absolute best. It's Billy Joel songs lack that extra level of satire and kind of, you know, self-knowledge that Randy Newman songs always, always, always have. Mm. Randy Newman, probably one of the greatest songwriters of of all time. I just absolutely love him. Billy Joel always feels pandering to me. Yeah, that's fair. I guess kind of in that same vein, I really fucking hate every Tom Petty song. You know what? I don't know much about him. Uh, we we NSP covered. I won't back down. Really? That was that was Dan's choice. I don't hate that song. It just does nothing for me personally. A lot of classic rock things. I'm just like, all right, I guess. If I never hear Don't Stop Believing ever again, I am fine with it. See, that song I legitimately like. That one I'm totally cool. I I love Journey. Yeah, I think Journey is great. Hmm. Not every song, but Separate Ways is one of my favorite 80s songs of all time. Separate Ways is pretty good. I'm not saying I blanket hate Journey. Don't Stop Believing got overplayed. And then once Glee took it as its first big thing, then it was like, all right, I don't know about this. (laughs) Although at the time, and I remember this, I mean, it was a huge hit right in the 80s. And then by the time Glee rolled around, it was not like cool anymore. And that kicked yeah. it off again to be like a cool thing to to listen to. But at the time Glee did it, it was not as overplayed as it, it is now. Yeah, I think there are a lot of like very overplayed songs that I don't like. Like I think Bohemian Rhapsody is a fantastic song. Yes. 
I do, I do not want to listen to it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> that one for me, I can hear it infinite number of times. I just think it's amazing. It is very good. I was big into Queen when I was in like middle school. Uh, it was like a nonstop listen for me. Queen's the best. So I think I just have gotten a lot of fatigue on things. I mean, it's the same with like a fucking blanket hate 99% of Christmas songs. I do not wish to hear them. I am not a holiday person. I am not a birthday person. Holidays for me are the day is the day where I turn off my phone, see how many edibles I can eat, make a cheese board and then watch <laughs> horror movies all day. Um, so that's how I celebrate. But like the month of December, I try to avoid Christmas songs as much as possible, except for last Christmas. Last Christmas is a great song. I will also point you towards the Muppets Christmas album with John Denver, which is absolutely delightful. And that is on repeat every Christmas at our house, like many times a day. It fucking rules. It's the perfect combination. I mean, I will say there are other ones that I do really like, like the Bare Naked Ladies. Uh, what is it? God bless these merry gentlemen, whatever the fuck. White Christmas by the Drifters. Uh, Dominic the Italian Christmas donkey. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I love Dominic the Italian Christmas Donkey. Are you kidding me? It's such a good song. So many people don't know this song. I can't believe we haven't discussed this. Rachel didn't know this song before I played it for her. Really? I would get so pumped when that would come on. It's the best. I remember hearing that on Z100 growing up in North Jersey. And they would play that in the 80s. And of course, having a big Italian population there, it was always a huge hit on the school bus. <laughs> Uh, I love Dominic the Italian Christmas Donkey. Absolutely. That one in um, I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas, which is such Wait, an annoying song. But... Those are literally like two of my favorite Christmas songs. I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas is the best. They're super good. It's so cute. What's your name? Gail Peavy? Okay. Did I get that right? Yeah. Gayla Peavy. Gayla. Yeah. So great. So something that's really interesting to me, it's something that I've noticed like in the mid 2000s, I'm not sure if this still applies or if people still do this, because I, I guess AMVs are still a thing or like fan cams. I guess it's an evolution of, of uh -huh. this. But like you can Google an actor or a fictional character with all I want for Christmas is you. And usually you will find one video of a bunch of shitty JPEG set to all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> I'm going to say Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumber yeah. I feel like we should opine on whether or not these people are hot. Oh, God. Well, I remember when I was in high school and Sherlock was all the rage, I definitely thought he was hot. And now I just look back and I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking, this alien man. Real quick, real quick. Can I just say for a second? Now, you know, I don't like to say things are good or bad. I like to say mm -hmm. they're not for me. Sherlock mm -hmm. is a bad show. It fucking sucks shit, man. It is so stupid. <laughs> and it, I, I, like nothing in it makes sense. It's all these dumb post hoc rationalizations. Some of the acting is is fun, but wow, it's just like it's beautiful nonsense. And I really, really dislike it. You know, I was on Tumblr for a really long time. Like I got on in like 2010 or 2011. And then I think I only left around 2017. And I for a long period of time was, you know, in the Sherlock fandom, read a lot of fanfics. My friends and I would get on tiny chat in the middle of the night. Every single time we would watch this music video of Sherlock clips set to uh, Jizz in My Pants of Lonely Island. <laughs> That's funny. That was the fucking pinnacle of comedy for us. But yeah, big old yikes on that one. It has Stephen Moffat disease where it's like <laughs> every once in a while there are these amazing flashes of brilliance and you're like, oh shit, amazing. Like, and there's some really good moments in there, just like on his run on Doctor Who. There's some stuff that's like unbelievably great. And then mm -hmm. to get to that part, you have to put up with these like 
did you think about this moments? Like, <laughs> you see this plot hole, right? Like, it's so obvious. It's one thing for a thing to have a plot hole. I'll forgive that. But when it's something that's clearly, that thinks it's really smart and has plot holes. Right, exactly. Yes. I love Gone Girl, the book. I, I think Jillian Flynn's so talented. I love Sharp Objects, the book and the show. But the Gone Girl movie, I just like, have a strong amount of hatred for. Yeah, it thinks it's so fucking smart. Exactly. And it's just like every single plot hole is so gaping and bothers me so much. If the story is about this airtight plan that totally works in the book, and then you just remove all the parts that make sense for the movie, it's like, well, well why? Why? That she's, why would she still be covered in blood in the hospital? Yeah. I, I saw the movie before I read the book. Same. Because I was like, what the fuck is happening with this movie? Like, nothing makes sense. These are not, like, big revelations. It's just stupid. And then you read the book, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's, yeah, that makes sense. Anyway. I searched the All I Want for Christmas is You, Benedict Cumberbatch, and we did get a hit for Tom Hiddleston, All I Want for Christmas is You. Mm. Oh, it was made in iMovie. Oh, even better. See, this is the kind of stuff I wanted people to send in. I'm afraid that if I had seen this in high school, I would have been into it. Also, me laughing is like, it's not me making fun of this person. I think it's just because I relate so hard to it and the amount of work you put into something like this. <laughs> this is fucking awesome. <laughs> right? It's from like Tom Hiddleston vlogs and stuff. Yeah. And like GIFs that are slowed down. How is this not viral? This may be my favorite YouTube video now. <laughs> It's just good vibes, honestly. Like the research, things that are made from a horny perspective, especially by like, you know, young women who are just like, I am taking the time out of my day to put hours upon hours upon hours purely devoted to thirst. Yeah. I think the best art comes from either horniness or spite, sometimes both. And that's just the purest distillation of that feeling. I really love this Tom Hiddleston video. This is great. I feel like if you took Simon Pegg and made him 45% hotter, you would get Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> 45% sounds mean to Tom Hiddleston. Do you think it sounds meaner to Tom Hiddleston than Simon Pegg? Simon Pegg is a good looking guy, too. I'm not saying Simon Pegg's not hot. Yeah, sure. I love that this podcast is 99% us being like, is this person hot? You know what? It's the content that the listeners want. <laughs> it's what everyone demands. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston is like an objectively attractive man. So I do not trust my opinion on whether men are hot. Right. And I am regularly proven wrong by, you know, people who are attracted to men about my opinion. So I don't trust my opinion at all, which is weird. Like, I feel like I have decent taste, but yeah. there's some men that I'm like, that, that guy, that's, that's a weird looking yeah. dude, right? Are universally recognized to be attractive. Well, I think there's there's something about it, at least for me, where like people who are too good looking scare me or just don't interest me. It's like, OK, like a Chris Evans type. Yeah. Yeah. He's one I was confusing him with Chris Pine, like of the Chris's. Chris Pine is the hot one because he has the charisma. But like Chris Evans is just too, too clean cut, squeaky handsome. I don't, I don't care for it. I'm going to rank Pine, Evans and Hemsworth in terms of hotness. Let's start with the top. As in the hottest first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The way this is going to work, let's do this. Let's say three, two, one, and then say the name at the same time. And we'll just say the last name. Okay. And we'll just roll through. So we'll do three, two, one, bam, three, two, one, bam, three, two, one, bam, like that. No, I think we should do three, two, one, bam, bam, bam. 
Yes, okay, that's much better. <laughs> the options are Chris Pine, Chris Evans, and Chris Hemsworth. Those are the three, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Ready? So we're going to go three, two, one, bam, bam, <laughs> bam, right? Yeah. Okay, great. I'm glad we're discussing this. I think this is compelling because it's important to get the timing right. Right. Yeah, of course. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Hemsworth. Pine, Evan, pine, pine. pine. <laughs> That worked wow. out great. Yes. We did great. I stand by my Hemsworth, Evans, Pine ranking. Interesting, yeah. And Pine is the only one for you. Yeah, this feels like um, the episode of The Office where everyone's debating whether Hillary Swank is hot or not. <laughs> yes, I remember that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's exactly that. But yeah, I don't know. The other two don't do it. I'm biased because I was really into like... I liked the original run of Star Trek a lot. So like when the newer movies with Chris Pine came out, I was like super into them, reblogged a lot of those gift sets. And so I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm thirsty for this. But the other ones have never really like, nah. Oh, okay. But again, it's like saying this about very hot people who if they talked to me, I would be like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, they're all objectively gorgeous, right? Yeah, like the platonic ideal of handsome. Anyway, folks, weigh in on this, like, I feel like several years ago, this was the debate of, like, which Chris is hottest, but, you know. Yeah. Sound off in the comments below. Let's add a couple more Chris's to this, because I feel like that's interesting. <laughs> I hate an article that's just, this isn't an article, it's a gallery, and there's an ad every other one. Who is this? I literally have a rule. I will not read article, like, listicles that you have to click through. End of story. Won't do it ever. Never. Chris Rock, Chris Tucker, Chris... Oh, Chris Angel. Oh, that okay, that's a good one to throw in there, yes. Chris Bale. Chris who? Christian Bale. Oh, yes, okay. Ludacris. Wait, do you think anyone calls Christian Bale Chris? He probably hates that, right? <laughs> I don't know, why doesn't he count? I mean, yeah, and then he yells at you. Yeah. Ludacris, uh, uh, okay. Christopher Eccleston. Pratt, we forgot Pratt, Chris Pratt. Christopher Eccleston's a good call. Yeah. Is there any better thing to listen to than people trying to recall as many people as possible with a given name. It's so interesting. Christopher Guest? Yes, of course. He rules. This is just a cavalcade. Several of these people are, people are not actually named Chris. That's bullshit. By the way, there's the episode title, Cavalcade of Chris's. <laughs> Chris Catan. Okay, yes, sure. Christopher Lloyd. Chris Messina. I don't know who that is. I feel like he just started getting cast in things as hot man, you know? Chris, I don't even know who that is. He's in Sharp Objects. He's in, I want to say, um, what the heck was Mindy Kaling's show? The Mindy Project? Yeah. I haven't seen either of those. I want to see Sharp Objects. I just haven't. He's in You've Got Mail, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Oh, okay. I'm sure I'd recognize him. Man, You've Got Mail and Sleepless in Seattle were a strange duo of movies. I have not seen those since they came out, and I bet they do not really hold up. Oh, dear God, they do not. I yeah. loved Eva Got Mail when I was a kid because I really liked Meg Ryan and probably had feelings for Meg Ryan before I knew that I liked girls. But I rewatched it within the past couple of years because I was like, man, I really enjoyed this as a kid. And I was like, oh, God, this is fucking rough. Is it just dumb or is it like... Oh, yeah, just dumb and sexist and weird and, you know, right. like, I'm going to be persistent even though you're not into this. Did you ever see Serendipity? I think it's John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale. You're correct. No, I never it saw It is maybe the most infuriating rom-com I have ever, ever, ever seen. So essentially the plot is they like meet and are into each other. And then I can't remember exactly what happens, but basically she's like, I'm going to write my number in this book and then I'm going to sell it to a used bookstore. And if the fates bring us together, then the fates bring us together. And 
then the whole movie is like a bunch of, it's been so long since I've seen this. I think it's like a bunch of near misses and eventually, of course, they find each other. But it is, it's one of those dumb like manic pixie dream girl kind of things where you're like, what the fuck are you doing? That's so stupid. And the fact that either of them would tolerate this behavior is totally ludicrous. Yeah, that movie drove me nuts. We've discussed rom-coms. I just blink it. Not for me. I would rather watch women get chased around with chainsaw. <laughs> uh, normal brain. Very normal brain. <laughs> We've had a lot of good stuff here. The bit where you listed Chris's, I think, is going to be an all-timer. Just fabulous bit that's going to get cut out and, you know, animated as we list Chris's. Yeah. By the way, I feel like we are now... I don't want to say overdue, but we are due for some animated latent nights. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, what the fuck? Why do we not have one of these yet? Yeah, I want to see one. It feels presumptuous to ask, though. It's got to be organic, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, do yeah. Do as you will. And Lord, I'm not paying for it. Like, I'm not going to, you know. Oh, no. No, no, no. Free labor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like that'll be a sign that we've made it, is there's an animated latent night. Yeah, just my hope is that it's... Not one of the embarrassing ones. Oh, it's going to be. Great. So shall we do a segment? Let's see if we have any questions in the questions thing. Why not? Oh, yeah. Entering your question. Entering your question. Normally we do this on a mini episode, but our latest mini episodes have been us playing word games. So Yeah, which, do y'all hate that? <laughs> They're very fun for me. Oh, I love them. Uh, but also you can't see it if you're not on our Patreon. Uh, all right, let's go to favorite cryptid. I like that. Mothman. I'm basic. I love me a Mothman. Mothman solid. Yeah. Actually, I saw that movie in the theaters, the Mothman prophecies. Oh, the Mothman prophecies yep. where, where Mothman has phone sex with Richard Gere. Uh, yes. <laughs> Indrid cold, I believe was his name or Indrid Cole. I can't remember. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I think I watched all of it and got to the last five minutes and was like, eh, whatever. I thought it was good atmospheric film, but like many such films, ultimately stupid. Yeah. You know what another good cryptid is? Uh, the Mongolian death worm. Ooh, I don't know that one. When I was a kid, I had a shirt that had a Mongolian death worm on it. My dad worked on this show called Surface that was like a sci-fi thing where like kid finds an alien or whatever the hell. Uh, but they had like a bunch of things in wardrobe that were cryptid shirts mm -hmm. and so one had the mongolian death worm and then the other one said cryptozoologists know the truth and i just desperately wish i still had that <laughs> actually okay so additionally when i was kid also <laughs> when i was kid <laughs> when i was kid okay that... <laughs> which i'm just hearing a noho hanks voice yes <laughs> from Barry. yeah i'm this is a very meandering hi dad you're listening to this podcast which you know, sorry. When I was a kid, there was a call for like a Heinz ketchup commercial contest. And so my dad and I made a commercial to submit and put on YouTube. And what I'm going to do right now is share with you Heinz.avi. Oh, no. Yes. Yes, please. Maybe this live reaction will work. Nope. Wrong channel. Wrong channel. The, the fear of accidentally pasting things into the wrong chat. Into is the so, public chat. Yeah. So strong with me. I accidentally sent a screenshot of a thing that I typed in a document to the wrong friend. And the screenshot said, all caps, how far are you willing to go to get the cummies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just receiving the message that said, what? So tell me again what this is. You made this? Yeah, my dad and I wrote and shot this and we like storyboarded it for a Heinz ketchup commercial contest. This is Little Layton? This is Little Layton. 
Oh my God. This, this is, is like, I want to say I'm nine or 10 in this video, maybe. Wow. I have never seen like Kid You. I mean, this is exciting. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. All right. Three, two, one, go. I bet I can get it. Two weeks allowance says you can't. You're up. Look, it's Bigfoot and Nessie in UFO over there. Look harder. Wait, it's just a guy in a bike. I'll accept your check. Hines, never go anywhere without your main squeeze. What, Layton? This is adorable. Oh my God. <laughs> we'll post it on the Twitter, right? It's, it's, it's very precious. Listeners, if you're hearing this right now, basically the TLDR is that it's me in a shirt that says cryptozoologists know the truth and me cheating uh, and using a squeeze bottle to get ketchup out so I can get two weeks allowance or whatever the hell. But by distracting my father by saying that there's Bigfoot and Nessie and a UFO over there. This is so cute. Look at you, kid you. I know I'm tiny, me and my little active theater child. You still have your face, like recognizably your face. Mm -hmm. And I sound like a little fucking chipmunk. <laughs> you have a kid voice, 100%. Does your dad look like you? I feel like I look more like my dad now. I think as I've gotten older, I've, I've progressively looked more and more like both of my parents. And then I have moments where I look in the mirror and I'm like, what the fuck? This is awesome. You have so much <laughs> attitude in this too. <laughs> Thank you. The wow. close up on you when you're holding the French fry with the ketchup on it is, that's like attitude kid. <laughs> attitude city, one might say. Yeah. We bought those like glasses from Walmart, you know, as our prop because my dad was great. I mean, he's in the film industry, so he yeah. was really great about, you know, actually like doing this right with the storyboards and writing it and editing it together. And so we had our prop list and all that. But we, my dad still has those cups that we've used since then, which would have been... Years and years and years and years and years and years ago. You're like legit acting in this too. It's like, it, this is, you, Thank you. this is very impressive for a nine Thank or you. 10 year old or whatever you are. I, I was in a lot of plays as a child. Um, I was very active for like a bit and then I fell off of it once, once I was in like middle school or so. So your hair has not really changed color that much, right? It looks pretty much the same. Um, it's definitely gotten a lot browner. Uh, I've been dyeing it since I was like 15. Um, oh, so I see. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like it, Sandy is probably it. But yeah, I've just been trying to maintain that youthful blonde glow. <laughs> I'm so happy you shared this. I love it. I love seeing friends <laughs> yeah. as kids. I think it's so cute. Oh, it's the fucking best. Yeah, seeing you as a child with your uh, grandpa glasses, really delightful. Oh, yeah. Have you seen any pictures of uh, young Brian smiling? No, I don't think so. Well, let's just say uh, it is merely a slack-jawed open mouth. Because for whatever reason, I was unable to smile in a picture. Let me see if I can find any creepy images of uh, people sharing things that you've posted as a child. I have one picture in particular I'm thinking of where I look like a, <laughs> a, a complete moron. I found one. <laughs> well, am I wearing a red sweater? Uh, nope, but that one was right next to it. Wait, what did you search? Hold on. Tell me the picture you're you're looking at. I searched Brian Wecht as a child, and actually a Dream Daddy thing came up. Oh, yep. That, actually, the first one you sent, where I'm wearing my little suit, I am actually smiling, but that second one is more like what I'm talking about. That was taken, I don't even remember, maybe at a local church or something. And that is, of course, a fake library book drop behind us. Oh, of course. And yep, there I am, Mr. Style. Incredible. 
I remember it might have been my like third grade pictures. I the night before I was taking a shower and I was like, oh, man, adults use razors. Can I? Oh, no. Is there any way I can use razors without my parents, (laughs) without my parents figuring it out? And my brain was like, ah, I know where they won't see it. My eyebrows. (laughs) What? And so I shaved off the ends of my eyebrows. So I had like little Spock brows. Oh my and God. then the school picture is me with Spock brows. It's I had very light blonde eyebrows, so it wasn't super noticeable. But it was definitely like, you fucking idiot. You thought nobody was going to notice if you shaved off half your eyebrows? Oh my God. Re- Audrey just like, within the past week was, she was taking a shower. And then we hear, mommy, daddy, I used a razor. And we were like, ah. <laughs> And Rachel had left one of her razors, like, I don't know, in an accessible place. And Audrey had mm-hmm. run it slightly along, like, one tiny part of her leg. And it was totally fine. She didn't even cut herself. Yeah. But we had to do one of those things where we were like, don't use razors. <laughs> we had a, f- a couple of fun kid moments recently. <laughs> one was, Daddy, do you know what you'd have to do if you pooped from your eyes? And I, in the other room, I was like, are you sticking your head in the toilet? And she goes, yeah. (laughs) Yep. That's that's a six-year-old for you. Oh, no. (laughs) They don't have the best judgment. Shocking. Oh, I didn't say my favorite cryptids. Uh, It's all largely based on places I've lived. Uh, Jersey Devil, way up there. Oh, so good. Yeah, you got to have the Jersey Devil. Do you know Champ? Champ? Champ is the Lake Champlain in upstate New York, uh, Loch Ness Monster Uh, type thing. Oh, I like the way that it's supposed to look. What the heck is that? Yeah, that's Champ. So I went to this uh, summer camp for several several years called Camp Dudley, oldest continuously running boys camp in the country, and had a mixture of a great time and abject misery, which is what summer camp's all about. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's the typical hello, mother, hello, father. Oh, God, yeah. And this was like, you know, as I've discussed, I was neither athletic nor popular. And uh, when you are away from home for the first time in a group of athletic popular kids, that doesn't go so well for you. Um, right. Uh, I went one year when I was 10, 10 like the first uh, year you could go was 10 and a half. So I went 10 and a half to 11 and a half. And I had a great time. I went for a month. And then I went back the next year and you could go for like four weeks or eight weeks. So I was like, let's, I, I loved it. Go back for the full, full summer, eight weeks. Yay. And I had as a counselor, and it was a cabin with like, you know, 12 kids in it. Uh, I had this like total jock guy as a counselor that uh, I couldn't get along with. I remember every Sunday they would put like a, blanket out on the big central lawn on on the on the camp and they would bring up kids one at a time to just like ask how everything's going and i remember halfway through being like brought up from my usual sunday chat and telling them how miserable i was and the counselor who i remember i, I know was named pat i don't remember his last name that's such a counselor name yeah and he was like a real like you know blonde jockey guy uh was like well what is it that is making you miserable. And I looked at him and I said, you. <laughs> and Brutal. he was furious and essentially hated me so much that he made the rest of my summer a living hell. 
And I left, instead of staying eight weeks, I stayed four weeks. And it was, well, it was just awful. Oh, what a bummer. Yeah. Imagine having a vendetta against a child. <laughs> I know. So this guy was probably 17 or 18 at the time. Mm, yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. I'd be surprised if he was over 20, to be honest. Most of the counselors were like, you know, older high school, early college types doing a summer thing. And, and like he was in the minority. Most of the people there were really, really lovely. I just like got the short straw and had a terrible experience with this guy. But yeah, I mean, that's one of the things about summer camp is, is they just want you to do sports all the time. And as a similar non-sporty person all the time, oh, I mean, it was the same with like gym class, gym class and math class were just the banes of my existence, my entire childhood. It's like, I don't want to run the fucking mile. I don't want to play dodgeball. I don't want to do equations. Fuck this. Oh, yeah. No, gym class was awful. Lots of being like, I'm on my period, so I can't run. <laughs> I remember faking a knee injury so I wouldn't have to go on a hike in summer camp. Uh, <laughs> and I could do a canoe trip instead. I will say that the one thing about this camp that was the the saving grace for me during the hard times was it had this amazing arts program. They had like two shows a week on Wednesday. They had like a talent variety show. And on Saturday, they had like plays and they would do like play plays. So I was like in summer camp in a production of 12 Angry Men. <laughs> How old are you at this point? Uh, Probably 14-ish. Okay. All right. Which Angry Man were you? Uh, I cannot remember which one I was. <laughs> uh, I was one of the witches in Macbeth which was Ooh, fantastic. Spicy. Yep. And they had like a really great jazz band. And this, this was one of the first places I ever like really learned about jazz. So they had like pros running these, uh, the jazz band and they'd have, they'd bring in theater directors in from New York, which was not too far away. Like it took arts very seriously. That, that was uh, very unusual for a, for a summer camp. Yeah. There's a place sort of on the border between uh, Georgia and North Carolina. I would go visit my grandparents every summer and they would take me to uh, the John C. Campbell Folk School, which is oh my awesome. God. And I'm so glad that I got to do this because it's basically just like it's a big old farm kind of deal where, you know, they have a ton of studios on the campus and you can take classes on anything from like blacksmithing or painting or enamel. Wow, that's awesome. It was amazing. And so every summer I would go and do it. And I took so many classes there. I can't believe I never took a blacksmithing class because oh, I would have loved to make a knife. Oh, that'd be the best. But you could throw clay and do pottery. There was a class where you could make kaleidoscopes, which I never took. But like it was genuine welding with that. There's jewelry, woodworking, whatever. But I'm I'm very grateful that I had that. And oh, the food was so good because they grew all their own fruits and vegetables wow. and would eat like family style. That's awesome. But they did a talent show pretty much every year for it. And I was in the talent show several years in a row where I just did stand-up comedy as a child. Oh, okay. hold on. Do you remember any jokes? There was definitely me dunking on Justin Bieber and me going <laughs> off about Axe body spray. Yes, I love that. I remember the one that like nobody laughed at was me talking about running and how everybody hates lactic acid buildup. <laughs> Uh, you know, people really just don't go for drops of lactic acid. That's great. But yeah, people liked it. It was at the point where I was still really, really shy. So it was like very out of my, you know, purview or character to be doing that at that point. But um, yeah, it was really fun. I would love to go back there someday because it's just beautiful. And there's a place as you're driving onto the quote unquote campus, which really is just a big farm. There's this place called Clay's Corner. 
that's a gas station that's themed around possums. What? It's entirely themed around possums. And every Friday, all the old men in the town, which is literally just one intersection, it's called Brass Town. Um, they go in and they play banjo music. Like straight up, they just sit around and play banjos. Um, but yeah, they they sell just a bunch of novelty like... Ah, you get some canned possum. But every year they used to do on New Year's Eve, they would do a possum drop instead of like the ball drop where they would put a possum in a cage and drop it. And then they got it got shut down by PETA. (laughs) (laughs) And so in the back, they have a bunch of like framed stuff from PETA and like newspapers about how they made them stop. Wow. But they call it the possum capital of the world and they, you know, have great ice cream. So we would do the camp and walk down and get some ice cream. It was just very fun memories for me. I love it. Possum themed gas station. That rules. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I have a, I have a question for you. What's possum? <laughs> and I couldn't even say it correctly. I said possum. I was trying to say possuming, and it came out wrong. What's po- <laughs> and I'm not going to redo it. What's possuming? What's popping? What's popping? Um, what's possuming for me is. <laughs> Oh, bless you, maybe. Ew, I have, like, dog snot on me. What the fuck? (laughs) She's sitting on my lap, and she just gave, like, a hard sneeze, and now I'm covered in dog snot. What the heck, man? You're supposed to cover your mouth. Dog sneezing and farting is the absolute best. Coco has now reached a point in her life. Almost any time she moves, she farts. So (laughs) our life is now filled with old dog farts, which generally don't smell bad. It's just, it's like, you know, you hear... (laughs) It's a joy. <laughs> oh, beautiful. What's possumin for me is I watched Michael Mann's Manhunter this week. Oh, yeah. It's great. Brian Cox. I've never watched a Michael Mann movie before. I thought it was fucking fantastic. The synth score was so good. Just beautiful yep. shot comps. Like the story moves. I've read all of the like Thomas Harris, like Silence of the Lambs, Red Dragon books and like so faithful to it, but also while being like really economical about the story and like respecting the audience's time and like intelligence of like, we're not going to spell every single thing out for you. Um, and just a movie whose climax is set to Inagata DeVita right? is yes. incredible. Um, so I've been listening to that soundtrack this week just because I love that fat fucking that synth. Get a little bit of pan flute in there. Oh, it's really, really good. I'm going to watch some more Michael Mann movies, I think. I'm a Brian Cox fan. I love Brian Cox. He's fantastic. Which one is? He's Lecter. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I didn't even realize that it was him. And he did so great. Because he's so young. Yeah, he's a baby baby. And he's just like a perfect Lecter. Like, I was talking about this with someone. You know, Anthony Hopkins, of course, is fucking incredible. Like, yeah. commanding presence. But he's a little too, like, over-the-top creepy. Little hammy. Yeah, where like Brian Cox felt like that was the line. I was rewatching the scene where he's uh, making the phone call and like kind of messing with the electronics in the phone and asking Mm -hmm. for Will's address. Like, it's very good. And it's interesting because I loved the NBC Hannibal TV show. And it's it's such two opposite ends of very subtle and then just completely can't be over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shows a special, special thing. Have you watched Succession? No, I want to, because I because I love Brian Cox. I want to see it, but I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, he's super, super good in it. I mean, everyone's really good on that show. And it's it's another one where it's like, just the right amount of trash. Have you seen that video? It's from many years ago now, where he's doing some Shakespeare monologue. He's doing like to be or not to be to his two-year-old grandson or something. <laughs> no. It's really cute. That's sweet. Yeah. I like that. Brian. Yes. What's possuming? What's possuming for me is I have been watching the Doom Patrol TV series. 
So HBO just now is HBO Max. I cannot, I still don't understand what the difference is between the various HBO platforms. Yeah, it's just confusing. They just want your money. Yeah, but HBO Max now has a bunch of other like streaming platforms, which are presumably owned by Warner Brothers as part of it, uh, including Crunchyroll Mm -hmm. and DC Universe. So I was just kind of scrolling through and I saw Doom Patrol, which has Brendan Fraser and Matt Bomer, both of whom I really like. It's got a good core cast. It's like a, you know, a comic book thing, but it's fun. It's a little anarchic. Oh, it's got Alan Tudyk, who rules. Oh, I haven't seen him in anything in a hot fucking second. He does a lot of stuff here and there, but he's like the main bad guy, Mr. Nobody in this. I don't know anything about Doom Patrol. Oh, and he's such a good bad guy. He's great. He's the narrator, too. Right away, I was like, oh, this is fun, and it's not stupid. Um, I've only seen three episodes. (laughs) But it's, I really, really enjoyed it. Apparently, the second season just started. I'm only three episodes into the first season. But I thought it was really fun. Oh, that's awesome. It's it's so great to have a show that you have things left of. Yeah, for sure. I'm flush with content. Anything yeah. is possible. <laughs> Done. Did it. Got him. There is the episode title. Anything's possible. <laughs> but it's possum dot 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 Yeah. So yeah, Doom Patrol. I really, really liked it, uh, and I, I recommend it. It's so rare to find like a good comic book thing that isn't dumb. Legion is another example of this. I thought I've only seen the first season, but I thought that was smart and kind of weird and surreal, and not in a stupid way. I don't know anything about Legion. Legion is like an X Men thing, and the main guy is Dan Stevens from. Downton Abbey and like we were talking about last week with Janina Eurovision. He's great. Ah, yes, okay. Jermaine Clement is in it. Uh, it's got a bunch of other really oh. great. Bill Irwin, who is incredible. A bunch of other uh, fun actors. Katie Asselton. There are occasionally these, you know, superhero shows that now come out. I don't watch any of the like Flash, Arrow stuff. I'm, I feel like I've yeah. aged out of those. Maybe, I'm sure they're great. I know they have diehard fan bases. I just don't have time to watch them. But, those two shows are like seem like good, smart superhero stuff. That's fun. All right. Well, shall we uh, talk about some peaches? Well, let's do it. Peaches peaches My first peach is that shocker. It's a mechanical keyboard thing. Uh-oh. I've been waiting. I've been waiting on this package with keycaps for like three months now, and I kind of resigned myself to like, oh, I'm never going to get this. Surprise, came in the mail, got them. Nice. It's like a set of uh, pink cowboy-themed keycaps. I got a little Eye of Providence. Do they look like little hats? Oh, yeah, they're all like little cowboy hats and guns and skulls and stuff. Cute. Um, So very cute. I got some desk mats. Honestly, not too exciting, but I was glad to get them. Oh, peach number two is that also a shocking thing to come out of my mouth. Uh, I bought a bunch of very cheap VHS tapes off of eBay, and they're all like documentaries on conspiracy theories. Oh, nice. Like alien astronaut style. Yeah, 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 totally. There's one that's fact or fiction with Jonathan Frakes on aliens. Oh, yes. Yes, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm so fucking excited to watch that because that's coming. I've been re-watching the Jonathan Frakes tells you you're wrong for 47 seconds video. <laughs> Have you seen that? Yes, it's the best. I love Jonathan Frakes. Uh, <laughs> he's so good. You're wrong. We made this one up. Nope, <laughs> not this time. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. That really just gives me a steady drip of serotonin. Number three is I'm going to Skype with a friend who I haven't seen in 
fucking forever and just have a nice time and we're probably going to get drunk and probably rewatch Barry because we're big hater stands. So even even though this episode ended up not being about haters, my night will be about haters. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Great. Brian, what are your peaches? Number one is uh, I have been having some internet connectivity issues in my little garage studio here, which I a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I fixed it. Well, I didn't fix it. And I just today got a new Wi-Fi range extender, which this podcast has a storied history of talking about. Oh, it sure does. Yep. And I have plugged it in and it's working like a dream. And I'm getting speeds of like over 100 Mbps. So it's Wow, like, you're getting that good ping. It's crushing it. So that's number one. It's nice to have, finally have fucking reliable internet in this garage thing. I will say, despite that, you've been cutting out a lot. Well, I'm on cellular now. Oh, okay, okay. It's been the same for you, because I think probably they were streaming stuff inside or something. Peach number two is, oh, I uh, so I for a while, like I had plans for this year, which got derailed for who knows why. Uh, just mysterious reasons that have to do with global catastrophe. And uh, that was to write and record a smooth jazz album being produced by Commander Meowch. And after putting that on hold, because I was not in the headspace to write smooth jazz, uh, I'm back on it. And <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. Yep. It's the kind of thing where I listened to a bunch of tracks I hadn't heard in months. And I was like, whoa, I actually really like these. So I am excited about awesome. that. And hopefully we'll, the goal is to finish it like you know, in the next month or so. That's rad. In terms of the, the writing stuff. Yeah. Send me some of that shit. I will. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to harass Meech about that. Yeah. I have to send him a bunch of stuff. Huh. Wonderful. Peach number three is, and I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast, uh, Audrey and Rachel for Father's Day got me juggling supplies. Did I talk about this? I think you did. I think I did. Well, anyway, I've been practicing my clubs and I've been getting better. So... Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, will you post a juggling video on tier three for Patreon? Once I can do it in a non-embarrassing way, that is to say, have some semblance of control over my juggling, yes. And I don't think that's super far off, but it is definitely not a thing at the moment. I used to be able to do them real well when I was in like high school, but you know, that mm. was 30 years ago. So it's been, it's been a while, a uh, little bit less, but like, yeah. About 30 years ago. Like riding a bike or, or throwing bikes up into the air. Well, I, I actually am surprised that I was not completely fucking horrible at it from the get-go. Like something stuck around, but it turns out when you don't practice something for 30 years, you get less good at it. Wild. Yeah, right. But it's kind of coming back, and Audrey has been trying to juggle clubs, which is cute slash terrifying because I've given my <laughs> daughter a, a weapon um, that she can... <laughs> Bonk. That she's learning to throw up in the air. Yeah, like, I don't even know how many times I've had to say, don't touch the dog with that. Oh, Coco loves it. Oh my, oh, Coco loves it. Dogs love little kids, because little kids are always so respectful <laughs> to to the dog. Dogs love loud noises, throwing things. I don't know about you, but I hurl my phone around as if it will never break. So like I'll toss it on my couch or on the ground or whatever. But every time I throw it over at my couch, every fucking time, maybe it's like a toy and it lands right <laughs> near her and she screams. <laughs> like, awesome. bro, you ran into this. I threw this not meaning to hit you and you ran right for it. 
What did you think was going to happen? Like, I love her, but there is nothing between the ears. Coco is equally stupid. <laughs> we, in fact, to the extent where my new nickname for her is Stoops, because she is so stupid. And Rachel told you that you shouldn't call your dog stupid in front of you. Yes, <laughs> Rachel did tell me that, but it has not changed my behavior. And she has no hunting or food instinct at all to the extent where you'll do the thing where you like throw a piece of food near her and she just looks near it. And you're like, Coco, there, there's the food. It's in front of you. And she's just kind of looking around. And you have to push her head down gently, you know, to get near it. And then yeah. she eventually eats it. We have squirrels in our backyard that to say they are not afraid of the dog would be an understatement. They actively <laughs> taunt her and she can't tell because they like run near her and she doesn't even notice. I've never had a dog with less of a killer instinct than than Coco. She just <laughs> does not see predation. It's really a sight to behold. That's fascinating. Those squirrels are going to climb up on her like velociraptors on a T-Rex. We have like a pair of turtle doves that have been, they live in some tree in our backyard or something. She has walked within two feet of one and the bird did not move. It just kind of stood there because at this point they're like, She's not even going to notice. I have never seen a bird stay so close to a dog before. The, the, it's nothing. Like even... Death wish. Even this idiot turtle dove knows that my dog is not to be feared. Life with Coco. I think on the opposite end of the spectrum, when I was a kid, we had a, a mockingbird nest in a tree in our backyard. Th those things are fucking mean. They uh, would just go outside and they dive bomb us. Oh, really? Get away from my children! <laughs> yeah. Just the worst, like yeah. evil little creatures. It's like, you know, you think hummingbirds are really cute and sweet, and then you actually see hummingbirds all the time, and they just constantly attack each other and fuck. Like, they make the <sighs> worst sound in the world, and all I do is I just see them. They're terrifying. They've got those little spears. They're like a little um, swordfish, but in the air, airborne swordfish. Oh, uh, God bless it. Yeah. We're at the tail end of this relaxed fit episode. <laughs> Who knows how long it's going to be? Could be half an hour. Could be two. It's like a lazy river. I don't know. You know? Have fun, Jark. I feel like usually we're a little bit more... What the fuck am I saying? This podcast is mostly bullshit, but, you know, it's, it's us on inner tubes going through a lazy river in a circle and we float past Tom Hiddleston in a Christmas hat. Well, I feel like normally when we have a guest, we have to put on metaphorical pants. And right now, <laughs> like... Those metaphorical pants are off and everything's hanging loose. Yeah, we're just chilling. We got a margarita in hand. God, I would love a margarita right now. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I'm going to go stare into space, I guess. <laughs> so everyone everyone listening, um, hope you're well. Stay safe. Be gentle with yourself. Uh, enjoy this episode. I think, I don't know. Let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah, have fun. We did. Yeah, this is a very chill Thursday. It's Thursday. Time is fake. I don't know what day. Thursday. Thursday. It's Thursday. It's, it is it's definitely Thursday. Thursday. It's hashtag Thursday. Oh, oh, it's out of touch Thursday. Perfect. Do you, are you familiar with out of touch Thursday? No, I thought you just made that up and I love it. No, hold on. Okay. Okay. Before we go, one last thing. Is this coming into the chat? Yeah, it's in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Yes. I love it very much. Out of touch continues to be a bop and will always be a bop. Oh yeah. It's a great song. It's the best. All right, anyway, happy Out of Touch Thursday, everyone, even though it's probably Friday where you are now. Doesn't matter. You can always hold Out of Touch Thursday in your heart. Carry those vibes with you. That's right. Keep those beautiful anime girls dancing out of touch in your heart. 
and in your soul. Stay out of touch. Yeah, just like us. (laughs) This is the end of the podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Leighton Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Night, or email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com. <laughs>